0: Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee, from industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more, with some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. Because humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower all the people behind every cup.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Miki, the host of I'm Not a Barista podcast. In this episode, we talked to Justin Percy, the person behind the Instagram account Daddy Got Coffee. He wants people to remember his Instagram is a place where you can rely on your coffee journey. He wants to be the cheerleader of your coffee life. To help you go through all the ups and downs with his funny videos. So we talk about the content creation, and the branding, the importance of consistency if you want to run a growing social media. And Justin isn't a barista. according to Justin, in real life he's a real geek, he's quite introverted, but he's also a learner, a researcher and he's joined reading and researching. And his YouTube video aims to help coffee people to produce solid coffee every single time by simplifying complicated coffee theories because that is what he feels passionate about. But first, please allow me to introduce the sponsor for this episode, Little Drip. Are you a home brewer troubled with owning too many drippers but not getting the result you want? We introduce to you the Lily Drip. Lily Drip is a magical small brewing gadget that works with all cone-shaped brewers, such as Hario V60 and Origami. Lily Drip is a diamond-shaped add-on that can help you instantly increase extraction surface by 100% and ground height by 50%. It magically fixes problems such as coffee clustering, as well as making your brews stable, easy, and fun. Check the link in the bio and follow Lily Drip on Instagram. You can also check out their 2022 special collection, available to purchase at Lilydrip on Amazon US. It's time to level up your brewing game with this magical brewing gadget. Lily Drip, making a better brew. All right, now we're live. Welcome back, Justin. All right. So happy to see you again.
0: Yes, it's good to see you, Mickey. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Yeah, good. I'm uh, I'm sipping a cup of propeller coffee um, today from here in Canada, so it's qu- it's quite delicious. Are you um, are you having coffee right now, Mickey? I know it's a different time where you are.
1: i have having water. Yes. Uh, I had a lot of coffee today, so I'm <laughs> switching to water.
0: Yeah, you got to sleep tonight, Cheers. too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So, how's it going with your YouTube channel?
0: Um yeah, it's going great. Like I um I've only been at it for a couple months. Um and I feel like it's going well. Um it's it's been harder to keep the content coming out regularly than I thought it would be, honestly. Um but you know, some of that is just to do with like I have a full-time job and Um, a family, and then like, you know, trying to do a YouTube rhythm, like when you want to release every week, um, which is kind of the goal that I set for the first little while. Um, It's, uh, it just has, like, even getting into that rhythm was kind of my first goal for my YouTube without really having any kind of numerical goals, but it's good. I'm like, I think I'm in between two to three months and I'm coming up on a thousand subscribers on it. Um, So that's going to be great. I'm I'm very pleased with that and it's it's really it's funny man like in in YouTube like because you can go longer like it more suits itself to that type of content and like how-to content you can go like a couple levels deeper and like actually helping people get like detailed answers to their questions um which I really like so that's that's been a lot more fun than like I thought, oh, we'll just start this, see how it goes. And it's actually been a lot of fun. So I've really been enjoying it.
1: That's great. We we, we know you uh from your Instagram, um Daddy Get Coffee. That's that's famous. We all know about it, and we really enjoy watching your videos every day. It's just so much fun to watch. Oh, thanks, man. So much fun to watch. Can you tell us like how you started your coffee journey? Uh, like create your own daddy got coffee, got coffee account, and then yeah, how did you start everything about coffee?
0: Yeah. um, So good question. Um, My coffee Instagram account started in November 2020 as an experiment. I have been into coffee for a long time. Like I think I got into it in my early 20s and I'm 35 now. So it's like I've got, you know, kind of like a almost a decade of drinking specialty coffee behind me. I will say I started learning a lot more about specialty coffee a lot more quickly once I started posting about it every day on Instagram. Um, So I would say I've learned as much or more since I started my Instagram than I did like in my whole previous history with coffee. But yeah, it started. um, I always kind of wanted to have a coffee blog, Mickey. That's like what I really kind of, you know, going back several years, I'm like, I would love to just blog about coffee all the time. And, I never really kind of pulled the trigger on it because, you know, blogging, you got to be very consistent. You got to write a lot and it just, I just never did it. But I was always posting coffee pictures on my personal Instagram. Um, and then for work, you know, I was trying to develop, um, so daddy got coffee isn't my job. Like I have another job. Um, and for that job, um, which I work for a church here in Ontario, Canada, I'm like a digital communications person. I was trying to develop some, um new content strategies and like figure out instagram a little bit more um and rather than experimenting with my work account and just kind of doing all this random stuff i thought well i'm always posting about coffee on my personal instagram anyway so i'm just going to like dive in and see if i can like figure this out and you know kind of just shift my coffee posting away from my personal account Onto a more focused account. Um, so that's that's kind of how I got started with it. It did grow like it started growing fairly early on, but I definitely have had to reinvent it like a couple times um since I started doing it, which seems crazy, like even in a couple of years to kind of like reinvent what you're posting. Um so
1: so when did you see this bigger milestone after running your Instagram account for two years?
0: I would say I grew it using like photos up to almost 10,000 followers. And then when I switched to the short form video content, which really kind of allowed me to even lean more into the, the brand that I had created for it. Um, That's when it really started to start growing a lot more quickly. And part of that was I was cooperating with what Instagram was looking for and that they were looking for and people were engaging with in a lot higher degree, short form video. Um, But also, like, I think that wasn't the whole picture, Mickey. Like, also, it was leaning into the brand for the Daddy Got Coffee page, I think, was really um a beneficial step that helped people identify with the account a lot more and it became a lot more relatable overnight um over a number of months you know and then i slowly just started like doing more and more of this short form video like experimenting testing repeating um evaluating and i found like it was so funny like I started putting myself in front of the camera and just kind of sharing those daily experiences of being a dad, being passionate about coffee, just being an average guy at home, trying to figure this out. And like, what is life like in the midst of that? And that's really what started resonating with um, not just my audience, but also a wider audience on Instagram. Um, And that's when things started really to grow a lot more quickly, and that kind of got me to where I'm at today. I'm coming up on thirty thousand followers probably in the next couple months. Um, so you know, obviously it grew a lot quicker, like I think a year ago, I think it would the account was like at like six thousand followers or something, so you know the last year it's really grown quite quickly um yeah that that's kind of that's kind of when I saw that first milestone is like I saw that bigger growth. When I shifted the content strategy Um, and to anybody listening, like it's not like, like if you scroll back in my feed, you'll see that shift take place. So it's kind of like interesting to look back and be like, Oh, it's like it really shifted at a certain point. And, and you can really see that pivot when you go back through the feed. It's, it's, it's kind of, I really like the digital side of it, Mickey. So like experimenting with all that is a lot of fun for me.
1: Thanks. You mentioned that you are a full time marketer director. You have a full time job. So, Dedica Coffee is kind of like a side hustle, your passion, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow, it's...
1: you full time job, this experience can also help you to grow your audience, your community. Yes. And uh, I wonder how you got this name, Dedica Coffee. It's very catchy, easy to remember. And then, uh, You're you're a full-time daddy too, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um Yeah, it's funny, like before I launched the account, I actually did like a lot of market, like what I would call market research, like over the course of like a couple months where I was like looking at all the different coffee accounts and you know, figuring out which ones were growing and which ones were not growing and of the ones that were growing, what was working and what wasn't working. You know, one thing that I think about is, you know, people search on social media. So if somebody is getting into coffee and they don't know where to start, like they don't know the specialty coffee community or the digital creators who are in coffee, they just type in coffee into explore. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of their starting point. And so I wanted to make sure that number one, the word coffee was in my username. Um, and then of course, you know, I really wanted to, when people saw my account, it's like when, when people see something online, they have a very short time that they are going to use to make a decision as to whether or not they want to go further or whether or not they want to backtrack. So with the whole daddy got coffee brand, my goal was really to help people know in as short a time as possible, if this platform was going to be something that they wanted to engage with. Um, So it's like, it's hard to encapsulate my brand in a more concise phrase than daddy got coffee. And also that's what my kids would say all the time. They're like, Oh, daddy got coffee, you know? Um, So I really number and it rhymes. So it's very catchy um, and it's memorable um so it's like when people are trying to remember my account they don't have to remember even my full name or well, even my first name or a complicated name it's like oh it's that daddy got coffee page you know it's easy for people to remember and when they come across it it's immediately obvious um like what the account is it's a dad and it's about coffee and really when people are coming in that's all that they need to know or if you know they see me in the Reels feed, it's like they're scanning my Reel and I have this funny Reel about coffee that they Instagram showed them. And they look at my username and my username starts to tell them what my account is about. Um, and same if they see me in their notifications. If I see a post that um, is in my Explore feed and I like it or whatever, um, if they see me pop into their notifications... Without even looking at any of my content, they're going to have an idea of like, what is this account that just liked my thing? Um, so that that's really how I tried to position it. Um, and I really tried to differentiate myself um, from a lot of the other specialty accounts in that I really wanted to focus on like real life and... Um, I don't want to say approachability because I think there are a lot of accounts that make specialty coffee very approachable, but maybe relatability is a better word. And just trying to like pull the camera lens back and just show that, yeah, like none of us are living like perfect lives here. Like it's busy and it's messy and it's crazy, especially if you have kids and, you know, you can still enjoy great coffee in the midst of that. Like you don't need to pretend like that doesn't happen. Like, let's just be real. We're all in this together. Um, and that is something that I, from day one really wanted to be part of my brand in the early days. Like I did a couple reels or a couple videos that like had my kids in them and it was crazy. And I was trying to make manual espresso or an Aeropress, and they were like getting their hands all and stuff. Um, And it's like that was the content from day one that I was the most passionate about. But in the early days, making a video like that used to take me all day. And slowly that form of content and the way in which I produce it became more and more streamlined and focused. And it became a bigger and bigger part of my actual content strategy to where now I would say that type of content is one of my pillar types of content on Instagram so yeah that's that's kind of where the daddy got coffee brand kind of came from i like i don't see myself changing it anytime soon because for all the like reasons you mentioned like it's catchy it's memorable it encapsulates the brand well and it very clearly says what i'm about and people can begin to identify themselves in the brand like if you're a dad especially Who loves coffee or even if you're about to be a dad or considering being a dad or, you know, looking for somebody with a little bit more expertise than you, then like if they come across my page, they're going to place themselves in it, which is, you know, that's going to help them identify with what I'm doing and hopefully come along for the ride or better to say, allow me to go along their ride. Like, I'm, I've been very happy with it, to be honest. Like, I did a little bit of work on the front end, positioned it, and named it, and branded it, and it stayed the same from day one.
1: It's great to know all the stars behind Dedica Coffee, just a simple name, but there's a lot of work definitely you put in there, and then it's working well, so it's great strategy. And talking about the brand, let's say Dedica Coffee is a brand, what do you want people to remember?
0: When I'm thinking about, the daddy got coffee brand. I always really try and put my focus on the viewer or the audience, however you want to call that. And it's, it's not like I want them to remember X about me. It's more like I want them to feel like, Oh, I'm on the journey and this feels like hard and like, life is a little intense right now and I'm seeing somebody say that that's actually okay and that's normal. And I feel like somebody out there has just affirmed my personal experience. Um, and it's almost like coffee is just like a vessel for that. Like obviously I'm very passionate about coffee and there are many other people out there who are as well. And I just like to use my brand as kind of a common gathering point for everybody who would find themselves in that in that position. Um, I always say, like, when I'm talking with my wife, Sarah, about, you know, gauging success of a certain piece of content. Um, anytime somebody says, I feel seen, or, oh, my goodness, I felt seen when I watch that, like, I call that a win because they're placing themselves into into something that I've posted um, or I've posted something that is very helpful, but I really try and give people permission to dive into the coffee world, get really good coffee at home. And if there's a couple bumps along the way, that's just life. You know, it's like you don't have to get it perfect where I feel like there is a lot of focus on the internet on like, finding the objectively best whatever or the perfect whatever or the highest best extraction or the perfect espresso shot it's and it's like that's not the reality most people live in uh, both in their coffee making or their life experience so when it comes to what should what do i hope people would remember um i guess i feel like i would hope that they felt like they have a cheerleader you know it's like somebody cheering them on saying, yeah, it's good. Like you got this, you know, like, well, your kids tipped over your pour over brew, like, you know, <laughs> scoop it up off the floor or like have half a coffee and better luck next time it happens. You know what I mean? So I guess that's that's probably what I would how I would answer that. Um, yeah, just just like they have somebody behind them saying, yeah, keep going. Like, you know, that's what I want to be um, as I really want to share my passion of coffee and if I can help people discover that in a way that feels good, then that's what I want.
1: That's fabulous. Uh, to me, it's like your account, uh, I can say to me, is like a real daddy gets really good coffee because you have all the the good coffee gears, the machines. And then your content is just very funny. And sometimes I see a little bit different um, let's say sometimes you share a little bit of frustration of being a daddy, like you said, the kid's running around, not going to a pro or something like that. And why you think it's important to share, you know, when most media, uh, bloggers, they share the perfect moments in their life and then you have to mix a little bit of everything. Why do you think it's important to, to share the other side?
0: I think it's important to share that because that is the majority of people's experience. Like you don't have that perfect picture most of the time in your life or if you even if you have like a perfect picture you're relaxed you're in the zen mode you're making a pour over like if it doesn't turn out there's nothing wrong with you you know it's like sometimes that happens it's like when i'm making a new coffee like it's i don't always make it perfect every time and That is, as people are diving into the world of coffee and specialty coffee and better coffee at home, there is no way to get there without going through that. So that, I think, needs to be acknowledged and even celebrated as part of the journey. I feel like there are few people celebrating that part of the journey. So I want to step in there and celebrate that because, you know when you have a breakthrough moment in how you're making coffee be it espresso be it your first aero press be it getting into pour over you don't get the thing and then go home from the store and make a coffee and like you're in coffee nirvana you know there's like a lot of frustration that you have to go through on the front end and it's like I just feel like it's important to share that and to celebrate that as part of the experience and part of the journey. Um, and like even people who have been making espresso for a long time, you know, when you dial in a new espresso bean, you're still going to beat your head against the wall from time to time. It doesn't mean like you're a bad coffee maker or a bad barista or whatever. It just means that's part of the nature of it. Um, so, yeah, I always try and focus on that. Even in a lot of my recipes, I focus on simplicity rather than, like, perfection. Um, because I think keeping something simple and repeatable is of more value than getting in that last 5% of quality. So, you know, I really try and, and with my content, just focus on that and help people take those steps If I can get them from zero to like 90%, you know, they're going to be able to figure out that last 10%. You know, it's like, I don't want to spend my time as a content creator in that last 10%. You know, I'm sure I'll make YouTube videos and stuff for people in that category, but it's like, I want to help people get to that zero to 90%. You know, that's my, that's kind of my goal with that. So you're
1: sharing your content to you share your experience to help people to understand coffee, to learn about coffee, to brew better coffee, and you talk about the ninety percent. How do you learn your coffee knowledge? Were you a barista?
0: Uh, no, I'm not. A, definitely not a barista. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is uh, is makes me a great fit for your podcast. But um, yeah, like I, I, it's funny. Like I don't come across this way in my um, on my content by design I am a huge geek it's like I'm very quiet very introverted I love to read I love to research um, and also I recognize that not everybody likes to do all those things so it's like I'm okay to go out and like read a book or do a deep dive online home barista forums do all the dirty work of figuring out What works, what doesn't, what are the guiding principles and then frame those in a way that they're accessible to the 90%. So, and it's like, I intentionally like simplify a lot of things. Like I did a Kalita wave recipe video recently um, and it's so basic, man. And like, it's like agitates all the beans up and like there's bypass and you know, it's not a perfect extraction, but it is simple and it's repeatable and it doesn't stall, which is a huge thing when you're getting started with a Kalita wave. Like the things stall if you don't do it right. Um, and, you know, you if you want the best like possible extraction on a like flat bottom, like a Kalita wave, you want to do a pulse pour or use like a melodrip or it's like it's all too complicated for people. You know, it's like somebody buy wants to buy a Kalita wave. You can't explain if they're just getting into this, all the principles of, you know, the four, six method or, um, which is like the 60 method, but whatever, you know, like, or, you know, how to do pulse pours or, you know, why you want different types of agitation. Like it's way too far beyond where people are at. It's, it's more important for me to make something very simple and then get people at a baseline where they're like, yeah, I'm producing solid coffee every time at home. And then from there, you know, they can go further. Um, and like I take a lot of people further, you know, most of that happens in my DMs. And I'm sure I'll make YouTube videos about that kind of thing in the future. But um, yeah, that that's really where I find I get the most excited is helping people have those breakthrough moments of, oh, I got X. I couldn't figure it out. It's like, okay, let's figure it out. I'll give you a way to make it good and make it repeatable. And it's not as hard as you think. Um, Because when people look online, it's like, it's overwhelming. There's so much detail. Um, Exactly. And people need help sifting through all that to figure out like, what's the most important thing here. I don't have a problem learning myself. Like I'm a learner personality, like a deep diver I love going, geeking out, figuring out all the stuff, experimenting, you know, making my notes. But then I really like simplifying that for others.
1: It is true that when you talk about how to learn coffee, especially, especially coffee, right? There are too much overwhelming information on the internet. And they often see the automated recipe of this brewing method and then the best recipe always like that. And then you are playing a role to make things simple, right? Make it repeatable, uh, and especially for beginners. Yeah, that's great. Um, but we are talking about social media, or we're talking about the media in general. And then we, which means we have to compete the traffic. Yes. And when people search a recipe, or let's say, when uh, someone search Kalita recipe, and yes. you have one of those, so. How do you target videos? Like, you know, how do you compete with others? Like, the other people will just use automated recipe for blah, blah, blah. Yes. How how do you, you know, position your videos in this case?
0: I'm just going to warn you, um, the digital marketing, SEO, content positioning, um, I could talk like all day and night about that. So if you need to cut me off at any point, please do. Or if I'm going off like on a tangent, that is not helpful. Um, Just... Don't be afraid on chiming in. But I I would say, and this is true with all content creation, um, the mistake that people make is they start with the content that they want to make. Okay. Which is not bad. Like, you have to definitely want to make the content that you make. And if you don't, then you should probably be making a different type of content. Um, But... Where we should start is what are people's pain points? What do they need? What are they looking for? Um, and then what you do is you figure out, um, once you can figure out what they're actually looking for, then you can figure out, okay, where does the where the content that I want to make intersect with what this group of people is looking for? Um, and a great example is, I just released a YouTube video called um, bottomless versus spouted portafilter. I thought I was getting a lot of questions on my social media about bottomless portafilter. Why is it helpful? You know, how does it, why is that I see it on your feed all the time? How is that different from a spouted portafilter? Does it make my espresso better? So I thought, okay, I'm getting enough questions about this. I'm going to make a video about it. Um, So from there, what I do is I go onto YouTube and... I put in the search bar bottomless portafilter um, and I see what comes up. I forget what my first title was going to be. I think it was like why you should get a bottomless portafilter. And what I learned is just even by putting bottomless filter" in the search bar is that when people put in bottomless portafilter, they don't put in the question first most of the time. Like It's like bottomless filter" then something else. And something that came up um, and this was before I did the video. was like bottomless versus spouted port of filter or bottomless versus normal Port of filter was like one of the leading search terms. So then I used the video uh, like a like um SEO optimization tool, and I looked on like all of the available search terms on YouTube, and I thought, I think this is the one that I want to address people looking for this specific question. Like what is the difference between a bottomless versus a spouted porta filter? So then I ad- I what I've done there is I've my audience has said we are looking for information about bottomless portafilters. And I think, okay, I want to make a video about a bottomless portafilter. Then I go into testing mode on YouTube and I say, okay, what on YouTube are people actually looking for around this topic? What is the question they are actually asking? And then so I come up with this phrase, bottomless versus spouted portafilter. And then what I do is this is before I've even sat down to record the video. So it's like then I angle the whole video around this question: bottomless versus spouted portafilter. What are the differences? You know, why would you want to do one over the other? How can the bottomless help you get better espresso? And it's like in the first thirty seconds of the video, I want to tell people who are coming to the video with that question that I am going to answer that question. Oh, it's like, I don't lead with a big introduction about myself or my platform. If you watch that video, you'll see like, I think the first thing I said is like, what is um, a bottomless portafilter and how can it um, help you get better espresso at home? And I've got the other portafilter in my hand. Oh, it's like, you get the sense right away that I'm going to be comparing the two of them.
1: I actually am watching this video right now. It's just muted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally, right? Um, so it's like what I'm doing there is I'm not starting with me. I'm starting with my audience and, or, and you can do that. Like, even if you don't have an audience, you can get a keywording tool for YouTube or Google or whatever, and you can see what people are looking for. Um, and, and so I always start, that's where I start is with the pain point, the question, you know, what do people actually need help with? Um, And then I try and answer those questions. There's a another topic. Like I was doing some of this keyword research and I was like something that kind of rose to the top was about coffee scales. I was like, wow. Like I never thought to do a video just on why using a coffee scale is important and how to do it. It's like, I would have thought that's like way too basic, but it's like, that's a like people ask me, it's like, I see you using a scale in your content all the time. Like, should I do that? And, you know, then it, it, that is a search term that rises to the top on YouTube as well. So that video is going in my production queue of like, okay, I'm going to do a video on, and it seems basic to me, but obviously people are asking this question and I have an opportunity to come alongside people in their coffee journey and answer that question. Um, so when it comes to positioning content that's kind of my process on on youtube Um, and i kind of use instagram as a bit of a testing ground to kind of you know in very short form see what resonates look at questions i commonly get asked in my dms especially when somebody reaches out to me for the first time usually it's with a specific question and then like i then i go from there Um, but it's very viewer focused rather than audience focused
1: Thanks for sharing those very structured step by steps how to work on YouTube uh, videos. Uh, I, I know that running a YouTube channel is very time-consuming, right? Um, tell us more about how many hours you spend on a regular one video. Because to talk about how you got the idea and how you made the script and how you prepared the content and the filming, editing. Yeah. In general, one your video is from four minutes to 10 minutes long, let's say 10 minutes video. How long takes you?
0: It really varies by video. Um, I will say like I'm trying to reduce the amount of time that producing a video takes me um, so that I can produce more of them. Um, And part of that is by doing some of that prep work that I mentioned. Um, That really makes things like a lot, when I can go into a video, knowing the, knowing the exact question, it really gives me a way to focus. um, It really gives me a way to focus the answer and focus the content in that I can do it quickly. Like that bottomless portafilter video, that is my most successful video um, so far on my YouTube in terms of reaching new audience. Um, most successful long-term video, I should say. Um, And that video took me like it's four minutes long. I set up the camera um, and I think I was like, I was less than 10 minutes shooting it. But I think like for me, you know, like I'm a busy guy. Um, I don't have the time to, at least if I want to release a video a week, do that crazy production it's slow-mo footage, fancy lighting, graphics. It's like, I just want to answer people's questions. And I want to answer as many questions as I can. So I've kind of said, I want to do one a week. Um, and I've made them very simple to make so that I can do that. Because it's like, I don't want to be up till 2 a.m. Editing videos for my YouTube channel. It's, it's like, a lot of work. We're, <laughs> our kids are one, three, and five. Um, like, we're tired. <laughs> so we want to go to sleep. Um, so I would say that video in particular, um, that took me like 10 minutes to shoot and less than a half an hour to edit.
1: That's pretty fast. Um,
0: no. Yeah. Now that being said, I did a lot of work on the front end to figure out the best positioning for that video that, um, really helped me make the most of that time.
1: Makes sense. Preparation is important. And uh, it seems you don't have a lot of B-rolls there, as you said, because it's time consuming. You need to cut them and shoot them. And you are just go straight forward to the main content and sharing what you know.
0: Yeah. I, I don't have the interest in fluffing it up or trying to make it longer to get more view time. Like, I just want to answer people's questions. I'm sure as I get into more of a rhythm, I'll start to do more of that stuff because it's like, I've, I've got a bit of a background in video production. It's like, I know how to produce a good video. It's like, I just know that if I want to release a video every week, I can't like produce them. I can't go to that level of production. You know, it's just, it's just not sustainable for me. So in this season of my YouTube, I'm just focusing on delivering solid content on a very consistent basis without a lot of frills because that's what's doable for me.
1: Great. So I'm checking YouTube channel now, and you talk about French press. Mm-hmm. You talk about pour over maker, grinder niche, Kalita wave. What other information or content would you like to uh, to share? Let's say in the future.
0: Yeah. So espresso is like a rabbit hole that is that is really a deep one that I'm gonna go into. It's yeah. I would say beyond that, like one thing that I would really love to do is do like live brewing sessions. Not because I think the content will be helpful, but because it will give me a chance to interact with the YouTube audience in a way that is a little bit more direct. So that's good. There are, when you start looking on YouTube, there's a lot of people who have gotten a specific thing, like a specific pour over dripper, and they're trying to figure out how to use it. Um, They don't know necessarily that you can use a V60 recipe on any other conical brewer. It's trying to be an answer for those people is something that I want to try and work through as I create more and more content. You know, there's a lot of people doing really expensive product comparisons, like trying to figure out the best grinder under $1,500, you know, like I'm not really sure that that type of content is in my wheelhouse, at least not at this point. Number one, because like I don't have the disposable income or, the brand deals or like my YouTube isn't making me any money right now to be able to be buying that type of equipment. But even so it's like, that is, that is a lot of work to answer one very specific question. Um, Whereas I think that there are a lot of other questions that people have that I can answer that will be a lot more helpful, at least for where I'm at with where I'm creating video content for myself. And then I really see my Instagram as my Instagram is really becoming a place where people find out about me and they feel like they can get like a little bit of coffee, a little bit of smiles in their day, you know, on a consistent basis. Like people tell me that all the time. They're like, oh, I just love, you know, I'm always, you know, and it sounds like crazy to say this and I I hope it doesn't sound like I'm, you know, pumping my own tires here, but People reach out fairly frequently and say, oh, I love, you know, seeing your reel in the morning. It's like a great part of my day when I'm having my coffee because it's always a good laugh and I always resonate with it and and all that. So um, but it's like you can't go deep dive into answering all those questions on Instagram. It's just not the best format for it.
1: Uh, um, we're talking about Instagram and YouTube. I believe you are switching to youtube later right since you are using instagram as the place where you converted traffic to youtube is it correct
0: yeah yeah so instagram was part of this was like i have i manage a couple of youtube channels you oh. know like outside of my coffee stuff like for work and and for i do some uh branding freelancing on the side as well and and marketing freelancing i've always liked youtube i'm good at youtube i'm good at managing channels um, I'm good at SEO, you know all that stuff. So I've always kind of been in the YouTube world a little bit. Um, I just never had my own channel. I always have kind of thought about doing YouTube, um, but it was too much work in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, like I built the Instagram first, and I'm at the point now where Instagram is giving me a small amount of income through brand deals and and different things. so it's it is allowing me to invest a little bit more time. And to make it a little bit more of a priority as a side hustle, which is great. But I think like it's interesting on YouTube, you can give a lot more well-rounded of an experience as a content creator, because if you want to deep dive, you can do that on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to provide something a little lighter and a little funnier well, they have shorts now, you can do that on YouTube. If you want to ask a question, like you can do community posts and it's like, you know, you don't really think about it, but if you are subscribed and engaged with a channel, you'll see their community posts um, and you can go live on YouTube. And I know you can do that on Instagram, but on YouTube, it's just more of a bit of a native format for live streaming. So it's like you can you can journey at a little bit of a deeper level with people on YouTube um, than you can in some ways on Instagram. Like I definitely have friendships on instagram and there's a lot of great stuff that happens in the dms um but on on youtube when it comes to actually helping people with more meaty content and like specific answers to specific problems it's like i would have to answer the same question 20 times on instagram because you know i can post a reel about a certain thing and then it's gone and then somebody's asking me about it the next week you know Whereas on YouTube, if people have a question and they come across my page, they're likely to search my page for the answer to their question and see if it already exists. Um, so it's, it's just a little bit better of a format for the actual helping part of it. Um, whereas the relatability side of it, Instagram is really a great place for. Um, so I that's kind of how I see the two platforms working together. And if I'm honest, like right now, Instagram is feeding YouTube because my Instagram is a lot larger than my YouTube. But in the future, I'm sure YouTube will catch up and it'll be a lot more back and forth. Like people find me on YouTube and they go and follow me on Instagram and vice versa.
1: Do you think YouTube can replace your Instagram account once you have more followers there? Or are you gonna run these two platforms differently? Let's say on on Instagram, a lot of short videos, reels. Are you gonna share the same content on YouTube? Or just get them a little bit different. So if people want to dive in to to check more information about coffee. And then they can check out videos. Three, four, or ten minutes long. But Instagram is always a place where you can share this funny and uh, interesting short videos.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting question. I would say right now I'm experimenting with with both on YouTube. Where I'm posting short form and long form content. Like just almost more as like an experiment. Um, I have been finding that posting my short form content on YouTube has been very helpful to getting my channel in front of a new audience. Yeah. So right now I'm definitely posting like both content formats on YouTube. And part of it is like YouTube is trying to prioritize shorts. So it's, they're putting some additional freight behind that feature and people are watching them. It's, I find it crazy because I don't watch them, but there are a lot of people who do. And and I've had a number of subscribers from that content format. So you know, if somebody's watching, they have a YouTube channel. They're not posting shorts, but they are posting that content on Instagram. Start posting it on YouTube because new people will see it and they might subscribe to your channel. It's I, I would say, Mickey. It's like I said this before. Like I'm a I'm a content marketing geek. Uh, it's like I'm a like a digital communications geek, you know, like I love, you know, messing with all that stuff. So I would say at some point I'm probably going to experiment with all of it and whatever works, I'm going to put more energy behind. So that's kind of how I evaluate it. You know, we'll see what happens. I might start taking my long form content on YouTube and posting it on Instagram. You know, we'll see.
1: Right. You like to play around with all these different platforms to see which one works, which one doesn't. And actually, your uh, your short videos reminds me of a person, the uh, the AeroPress champion 2019, Wendelin Van Bunick.
0: Yeah, she is legendary.
1: Yeah, she's legendary. And she, she's using a lot of real videos as well. And she share her funny stories through short videos. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't seem she's growing very fast. I think she deserves more followers. and Yes,
0: uh, I would agree with that.
1: What do you think it could be the problem? I mean, not saying that she's not performing well, but if I say help, you know, you are a role as a marketer, consultant, and then coming say, hey, you know, I can help her because she has good content. What do you think, you know, the tips you will give to her or to other audience who are trying to use, who, who's trying to catch up with the real videos?
0: Yes, So Wendelin is a friend of mine. So Wendelin, if you're listening, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. You're great. Wendelin and I have actually done a reel together. We did a collaboration reel where, you know, I was in part of it. She was in part. It was kind of fun. Yeah. One of the things that is like maddening with Instagram and like more and more, this is becoming the case is platforms need a lot of volume of content. And if you are not posting a high volume of content, like at least once a day, then you are not going to be able to grow quickly. Um, It's like I've posted hundreds of reels. I post one to two a day. It's like if I dial back on that, the engagement on the platform slows down. And what happens is Instagram shows people reels. Like if you go on your reels tab on Instagram, like they're not hiding it. Like if you just scroll, you're going to see a lot of people that you don't follow. Probably most of most of the reels you see will be from people you don't follow. So if you translate that to yourself as a creator, it's like, "Oh, that means if I post a lot of reels, they have a likelihood to go to people who I don't follow," which is good for you as a creator. But the challenge is, there's also a lot of people making reels on a daily basis. So even though you are seeing a lot of reels from and this is the same on TikTok, from people who you don't follow, it's like you're not seeing by far the majority of reels that are being created by people on those platforms. There's hundreds of thousands of reels um, and TikToks being created that you don't see. So when I grow quickly, I've probably got a dozen reels, Mickey, that have done the lion's share of my heavy lifting in terms of growth. You know, I've created like hundreds, maybe even a thousand reels at this point. So say I've got... Let's say I've created 500 reels, for example. That's probably, you know, I'm probably somewhere between 500 and 1,000 over the last year. Probably closer to 500 because I do one to two a day. So say I create 500 reels and 10 of them are doing the lion's share of growing my page. Like one of them gets a million views. One of them gets 1.5 million views. And then I get like a lot of followers from that. That's like 2% of my content in terms of reels. Like if there's 10 reels that have done that out of 500, I think that's 2%. If you produce, let's say you're producing one reel a week, that's 52 reels. If 2% of your reels are going to do the lion's share of your heavy lifting, that's only one reel, you know? And it's like, you might not actually have created the right reel to actually do that heavy lifting. Cuz you can't really predict it. It's like, oh, people just resonate with this reel a little bit more strongly and then all of a sudden Instagram picks it up because they're measuring people's behavior and they start showing it to hundreds of thousands of people. Well, it's like if you're not creating hundreds and hundreds of reels, the chances of you actually having that happen goes way down. So, it's like it's almost like the more swings you take, the more hits you take, but you got to take a lot of swings. And you're going to have a lot of misses. That's kind of the nature of it. And so it's very like, it's a discipline for me to crank one out a day or two out a day, depending on the season. And it's like, it's just like something that I do as a content creator, even if I'm not feeling super inspired. Like I more err on the side, very much like how I'm encouraging people to make coffee, make good coffee consistently. Don't make great coffee once a week, make decent content consistently don't try and make perfect content once a week that's what I would that's the advice that I would give to creators people have given me that advice on YouTube as well it's like even if it's not perfect choose consistency over perfection you know I would agree Wendelin has hilarious content I don't think she posts every day I could be wrong about that it's been a while since I've looked at her page in detail but it's like you really got to crank out a lot like a lot of content for anybody who wants to go on my page Mickey and do a deep dive as to which what of my content is really growing if I'm going to get a lot of followers from a piece of content it's going to be reels that have gotten over 500,000 views and probably reels that have gotten the ones that really grow me significantly have grown have gotten over a million views it's like I had a reel that took me from like 20 to 26,000 one reel and it got over a million views. When I was growing in that period, that was the reel that was doing the majority of the lifting. Now, what happens sometimes is when people are seeing that reel in that amount of volume, they go and look at your other content like a percentage of them. So then what what tends to happen is you get one reel that goes viral And then all these other reels start to go a little bit viral because people are binging your stuff. It's like, if you aren't producing a high volume of content as a creator, as a short form video creator, it's going to be very difficult to tap into that. If most of your content is photos, that's probably not going to happen. And it's like, that's hard. Like you look back on my page, like I started with photos and I really enjoy taking coffee photos, like. I like the composition. I like editing photos. And it's like that was a hard pill to swallow when I realized, oh, these aren't actually going to grow my page. You know, I've got to figure out a different way of doing things. And the change into short form video enabled me to lean into my brand more in a way that was really positive. But swallowing that, like swallowing my pride initially and thinking, well, I've got to adapt. If I want to figure out the platform, that was hard at first. So that's the advice I would give to creators. Um, also, it's like, let your let your results inform what you make. So if you are like, don't keep making the same content that doesn't perform well, or if you get one piece of content that does perform really well, try and figure out why and make more of that. That's, that's something that's really important. Also, be authentic and relatable. It's like if you're trying to be somebody else, people will smell that, you know, that will come across in your content and it, it, people won't, won't come along the journey or you won't be able to go on their journey with them. You got to figure out what is, what is it about me that I can lean into with my video content and how can I come alongside where other people are at?
1: Thanks for the tip. Just scrolling down your Instagram page and I found these 42,000 and views, and you have 467 comments. I think that's a breakthrough post, right? That, that's about 12 weeks ago.
0: 42,000? Yeah, so that one is okay. I don't actually see measurable growth unless it goes over 100,000. Use
1: because that that looks like a subtle ages happened. Because I, I compare other posts, you know, before this and after that, there's only about 1,000 or 400, but that one just went yep. crazy.
0: Yes. And so, what I'm saying is, like, it did go crazy compared to my other ones that I was posting at that time. But even though it went that crazy, that wasn't like the high horsepower growth, you know, it gave me a little bit of growth you know, maybe I got a hundred followers from that, but it's like in order to get the high horsepower growth that, you know, gets you from zero to almost 30,000 in, you know, a year and a half, it's like you got to get into those videos that are getting you over a million views. It's like, if I didn't have those videos, my account wouldn't be where it's at on Instagram. That's not that those 40,000 view videos didn't do better than the majority of my content they did that's a hit that's not a home run if that makes sense
1: yeah it does um, so back to what you're we saying earlier consistency is important and you don't have to chase the perfection because you have to constantly produce decent quality content right and then yes once a while we got a heat i was running a few tiktok accounts before before it went viral like globally and yes. then i was I was posting two or three videos a day. And then the second day I got hit. I don't know what happened. Maybe the the algorithm somehow um, recommended my video. I was one of the client. And immediately that video went viral. Like I got 2 million views. And then my account with five, um, five or six days post, like in total less than 20 videos. And I got half million followers. Within one week, so I guess that's that's lucky, right?
0: Yes, and I I would say on TikTok, like I wish I had started on TikTok a little bit earlier because that type of runaway success, like I know s- several people who have you know a million followers on TikTok ish, between five hundred thousand and a million, and they all say like that happens a lot less frequently now than it used to. Um, Because there's a lot more people on TikTok creating content. There's more competition. Um, That can still happen. Um, A couple things that... Like I post my content on TikTok. For a while, I was using... I find there's actually more funny content on TikTok. Like whereas on Instagram, you tend to see... Or at least I find there's less variety. Like you see more of the same sounds. Um, But on TikTok, um, you see there's a little bit more variety in terms of like the actual... Especially comedic material, so I was creating on TikTok for a while, and then taking those videos and posting them on Instagram, even without a watermark. And somehow Instagram was picking that up and was and basically stopped recommending my content to new people. A couple things about TikTok: number one, um, you need to post more content on TikTok in order to. Um, Like You need to take even more swings on TikTok than you do on Instagram, generally, if you want to grow right now. And I find, in my experience, you need to spend a lot of time... Like It really needs to become your focus if you want to grow on TikTok. It's like, if you want to make it a side thing, it's going to be very difficult to grow. And a lot of the TikTok creators who I know would say the same thing. And to a degree, I think that's true with any channel. Like if you're just kind of phoning it in, you're not really engaged on a social channel. It's going to be very difficult to grow. You know, you got to take a lot more swings. Um, Some of, some of my TikTok buddies say like three to five TikToks a day is a sweet spot. Wow. um, Which is really high intensity. That's Um,
1: like a full time job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, if you have a job where you can integrate that, like I know several coffee roasters who have grown large TikTok accounts and you know they just integrate it into their work. Um, so you know, that's it's different. And even though that can happen, that is a lot less frequent now than it was. That being said, TikTok is a huge platform and there's a huge amount of traffic going to it. So, you know, it's definitely a great place to invest. However, you need to invest. It's like you can't just like post a couple of videos and expect that to happen anymore.
1: So different platforms that have different algorithms and, and different systems and that you cannot just use the same way to post on different platforms It's not going to work that way. Yes. Um, I guess most people in the specialty coffee community, they are mostly on Instagram, right?
0: Yep. Um, yes, I would say... That is true, um, especially within like the online, like it's tricky because there is definitely a thriving specialty coffee community on Instagram. That isn't the whole of specialty coffee though. Like there are a lot of people who are in specialty coffee who don't care about what's happening on Instagram. I think sometimes we can fall under the illusion that what happens on Instagram is specialty coffee because there's a lot of people there and it's really is a lot larger than that. Um, but there is a lot of specialty coffee people on Instagram, you know, in terms of brands and brand deals. Um, there are more brands doing brand deals on Instagram in specialty coffee than TikTok. Um, and so if you're a creator, that's something to consider, but yeah, there is a, there is a lot of specialty coffee people on Instagram and that's good and bad. It means there's a good community. It also means there's a lot of, competition if you don't differentiate yourself as a creator
1: yes thanks for all the tips this is a very educational episode and i believe madeline will be happy to hear <laughs> how she can grow maybe she can post more often and i think uh, new instagram or bloggers who are into youtube instagram short videos they can also get some uh, tips from this episode thank you so much
0: yeah, no worries man, happy to help. And uh um, reach out anytime. I would love to do this again if it's helpful. Come find me on YouTube. I'm really trying to grow my channel and you know every subscriber helps especially in the early days. So I would love uh for you to come along to ride and you know if you have some feedback for me, I uh, I'm a big listener when it comes to content, so I love listening to people's feedback. So, you know, just leave some leave a comment on my video or whatever if Or if you have something that you think I would be a good fit to address, like a pain point that would fit well on my channel, leave it as as an idea. But come along for the ride and let's see what happens. Another thing I should add, I really try and be accessible in my DMs Um, on Instagram. That's something that's important to me. I try and reply to every DM, even as my account has gotten larger. So I remember even when I was early on reaching out to people with 10,000 followers and thinking, oh, they're never going to see my DM. I make it a point to look at all my DMs. So if anyone has a question, be it about coffee, be it about content creation, um, hit me up because I, I really do enjoy talking about it and I really try and make an effort to um, read every DM, get back to everyone and uh, and I enjoy the conversations there. So yeah, hit me up there too. Thanks for tuning in to this I'm Not a Barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Am Not a Barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world.